All right, Matthew chapter 24. In Matthew 24, you're dealing with end times. So we'll get a little Bible teaching tonight. I did some Bible teaching on the second coming of Christ, but this is a little bit different here. And this is all end time events. And notice in Matthew chapter 24, verse 1, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. He's right down to the wire, nearly the end of his life. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Now that's a great question. What's the sign of when these things are going to happen? What's the sign of your coming? What about the end of the world? And so he goes in and this is what he tells them. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And so before the Lord comes, things have to get worse, is what he's saying. There'll be people pretending to be Christ, they'll come in his name, and that's happened throughout all these generations, even since him, as people said so. There's still people looking at folks thinking they're the Messiah, even right now. And it's pretty crazy, because we know who the Messiah is, he's Jesus. But anyway, there's people that don't know that. And he said, there's going to be all kinds of wars. There'll be rumors of wars. You hear that all the time. And he said, all these things have to come to pass, but the end's not yet. Then he says in verse 7, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines. Before the Lord comes, there's got to be famines. Well, you hear about that stuff. There's been famines in Africa and different places. And pestilences. Got to have that. So... What we need for the Lord to come is a worldwide pestilence. Oh, yeah, we're having that, aren't we? That's right, COVID. And earthquakes. You're hearing of earthquakes constantly. In diverse places, different places. So not just the normal places, not just California. You know, Everywhere, all over the world, you're hearing about them. All these are the beginning of sorrows. He says, just getting started. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. Look at that. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You say, who's he talking about? He's talking to these Jewish people here. Not me and you, that's Jewish people. And then shall many be offended. Can you believe that? In the last days, many people will be offended. We can't be in the last days, surely. Nobody gets offended over anything. And the things they get offended over, you're like, wow. Forget about tiptoeing around. You can't. Dr. Seuss? There's no tiptoeing. Aunt Jemima? That lady they had on there for Aunt Jemima, she was a great woman. And I mean, they're just taking all traces. And you're like, she was a good woman. Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you want to promote good women? But they don't. No, they don't care anything about that. Mr. Potato Head? Yeah. I never thought I'd live to see that. But see, you don't have a right to be offended. And the truth is, we, I don't really get offended very easily. Great peace have them which love thy law, and nothing shall offend thee. That's Psalms 119, 165. That's a good verse. See, I'm not even worried. I don't care what they can do, whatever they want to do. I'm not changing. But now, 
You can't even have a baby gender reveal. That's offensive because you're not supposed to have genders. God made a mistake when he said there was two genders, male and female, according to these people. Is that not the craziest thing you've ever heard in your life? God doesn't make mistakes. And God identified your gender even before you was born. And that's just the way it is, whether you like it or not. Everybody's offended over every little thing. Can't be white and can't be a Jew. Two races right there. Weird, man. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Hatred. You know, they almost make it sound like only Christians are full of hate, which Christians I don't think are full of hate at all. It's the other side. They say this is hate speech. And um, right now in Canada, if you spoke against gay marriage, that's hate speech. You go to prison, go to jail for that. Hate speech. And it's coming right here. It's coming soon. Hate speech. But anything they want to say that's hateful or offensive, that's okay. And the thing is, we're not hateful or mean to anybody like that. We just got to preach the Bible. There's a difference there. But anyway, they're going to hate one another. Verse 11, many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, in the last days there's got to be a lot of iniquity, that's sin. Got to be a whole lot of that. It shall abound. I think we're living there. The love of many shall wax cold. People stop loving people. Because sin is entered in. But he that shall, shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. They asked the question, he answered the question. You say, when is this? Well, verse 15. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea, Jerusalem area, Flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, a lady that's having a baby. And woe to them that give suck in those days because it's going to be hard on them. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. You say, we're there. We're not there because... Daniel, what Daniel spoke of in verse 15 has not happened yet. So what that tells you is we're getting really close to there. Really close. My personal belief is the rapture is going to happen. That's what I think. I'm looking for the Lord to come. And when that happens, it's really going to be bad. You know, the only thing holding all this thing back right now is there's more of us than there is them. They've got control of the news media. They've got control of social media. They've got control of the politics. They've got control of all these things. But they're still the minority. There's more of us than there is them. And they know it. And they hate it. And when I say us, I'm talking about Christian people. There's still Christian people that love their country and love their God. And I believe there's people that still want to do right. And boy, they hate it. They don't like it. All right? You get down through here. And it says in verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days. And it tells you what's going to happen at the second coming of Christ. And so we've talked about that somewhat. But what I want to really talk about is in verse 32. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. You say, what's the fig tree? In the Bible, the fig tree represents the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel. Write down Jeremiah 24, verses 2 through 8. 
It's called the fig tree there. The nation of Israel. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. Summer's getting close. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. So when you see this stuff starting to take place and to come to pass, you better get ready is what he's saying. Now what's going on right here? Well, this fig tree is likened unto Israel, and it's Israel getting its leaves back. And then down in verse 34, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Now that's pretty amazing. It's a revival, it's a parable of a revival of the nation of Israel. And just so happened in 606 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar came in from Babylon and destroyed Israel. He took in all their people into captivity. If you remember reading about that, and Daniel's in captivity and all these, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and a whole bunch of other people, they're all in captivity. They burn the city of Jerusalem, and they burn all these things down, and Israel ceases being a nation. You say, how come? Because God told them that he was going to send somebody to do it because of their idolatry, because they were working on the Sabbath days. All these things that happened, God said, that's enough. Enough is enough. If you're not going to serve me and you're going to serve everything else, fine. I'll put you in captivity. And that's what he did. And from 606 B.C. until 1948, Israel was not recognized as a nation. But in 1948, May the 14th, Israel was recognized by the United Nations as the nation of Israel. That happened. As a matter of fact, two world wars were fought for this to take place. And people say, well, I thought they was fought. No, they were fought for the result of Israel. And you had, in 1918, at the end of World War I, Brother Graham, when he was here, he's passed on. He said he remembers... He remembered when the World War War ended, the first one ended, down at Clover Bend, they was ringing the school bells and shooting off shotguns. Everybody's excited. The war was over. That was 1918. He told me about it. He remembered that. That's pretty interesting. But anyway, there was a public statement by the British government, they were the world power, during World War I announcing support for the establishment of a national home for the Jewish people in Palestine, is what they said. That's Israel. In 1918 is when that was. And then in 1948, it happened. But, Israel, but England reneged on the promise, on the Balfour Declaration. But it didn't matter. It still happened anyway. They went back on their word, and it still happened. And so they couldn't stop it. Couldn't stop it all. Um. Now, what's interesting is, what it appears is this. What he's saying is, in verse 34, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. And so, for these things to happen, this generation has still got to be alive. Now, you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to, but if you were alive and already born on May the 14th, 1948, raise your hand. All right? Then that generation hadn't passed yet. There's still some of them around. That generation's still here. We've got several here in our church. May the 14th, 1948. Does anybody in here remember when that happened? Was he kids or anything? Anybody remember it? Remember it, Brother Herschel? Not really. No, it doesn't matter. I'm just asking. But anyway, but I promise you, your parents remember it. <laughs> they all remember it because it's a big deal during that time, and they were grown adults, of course, you know. But anyway, that all happened right after World War II. And so the 
May the 14th, 1948 is when that happened. And um, a lot of things happened. A lot of people opposed it. They didn't like it. But it, matter of fact, they didn't really think it would take place and happen. But Israel went to war and they fought for their independence and they got it. 1967, they fought again, the Six-Day War or whatever it was. They didn't think they had a chance. They won. I mean, God had his hand on this nation of Israel. He had his hand on them. He took care of them. And so you read all through here, and you read about that, and you got, get thinking, well, how long's a generation? This generation shall not pass. Well, take your Bible and go back to Psalms 90. Now, if you're in that generation, that's really good news. You know what the good news is? You're still here, so you may be going up in the rapture. That'd be a way to go, wouldn't it? Sounds better than an alternative. Psalms 90. Here's how God designed mankind. Psalms 90, verse 10. The days of our years are three score years and ten. A score is 20. Three score is 60, and ten is 70. And if by reason of strength they be four score years, that's 80. Yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. So the average lifespan, even today in America, is between 70 and 80 years of age. Women live a little bit longer than men. But not a lot. I mean, still, it's between 70 and 80 years of age. Some people make it past that. Sister Graham lived to be 102 and a half. That's not normal. That usually doesn't happen. But she did. I'm glad she did. We enjoyed her during that time. But anyway, you see the average generation, that's the way it is, uh, just like the Bible said. Well, it's been um, almost 73 years since Israel became a nation again. You'll never believe all the things that's happened during that time. Um, we had a president. Whether you like him or not, it makes no difference. This has nothing to do with really politics. It's really to do with the Bible. But you had a president, Donald Trump, which is pretty wild. That guy is really strange he even got elected because he wasn't a Democrat and he wasn't a Republican. So he ran as a Republican. Yeah, but they didn't like, nobody liked, I mean, he really, he was not the ordinary. George W. Bush was a Republican. This guy ain't a Republican. <laughs> nothing alike, you know. They're not anything alike. The news media hated him. Celebrities hated him. All the world seemed to hate him. But one country didn't hate him. Israel. Now, here's my belief on this thing, whether you like it or don't like it. I believe God put him in office for this time, for this reason. I'm not saying that I think he was the Savior of America and all that. I'm talking about because of this thing to take to transpire. So, well, God doesn't do that. Oh, yes, he does. He puts people in office for a reason. You say, well, he got cheated. And he ought to still be in. Well, that's probably true. But the truth is, if God wanted him in, he'd still be in. That's, that's pretty plain. God could do that, say. But the thing is... I mean, it's just what it is. Uh, you say, why is he not in there? Well, God didn't want him in. Maybe he already did what God wanted him to do. Take your Bible and go to Isaiah 45. Let me show you something crazy here. Did you know God puts leaders in position? And not only does he do that, he can tell you about these leaders before they ever show up. He can name them. I mean, it was great for us that he was against abortion. His grace... Great for us that he made a stand against transgenderism. 
Is it great for us that he lowered the gas prices? Great for us that the stock market, all-time high, NASDAQ, all-time high. Is great for us the GDP was higher than it's been in 50 years? You know, is great for us that the unemployment rate's been lower than it's been in my lifetime for any race of people? All that was great, but I don't think that's the main reason he was here is what I'm saying. Those things were unbelievable. But any time a country stands with Israel, God will bless a country. It's not about a person. It's about standing with Israel. Isaiah 45. You so said gas prices went up. Biden didn't talk to Israel until February, February 17th, almost 30 days after he was in office. He snubbed them. That's asking for problems. So oh, I wish you wouldn't talk about politics. I'm not on. See, that's where people's minds are. They think I'm pushing this or pushing that. I'm pushing Israel. That's how I'm pushing here. That's what I'm trying to get through people's minds. I'm talking about Israel. You stand with Israel, God will bless you. You stand against Israel, God will curse you. You say, how do you know that? My King James Bible tells me that. That's not politics. It's the Word of God. Isaiah 44, the last verse. Isaiah 44, verse 28. Look at this, just jump in there. That saith of Cyrus. You say, who's Cyrus? I don't know. He hadn't even been born yet. He is my shepherd and shall perform all my pleasure. I wonder what he's going to do. Even saying to Jerusalem, thou shalt be built and to the temple thy foundation shall be laid. You know what happened after that Nebuchadnezzar got finished there and that Babylonian captivity was over with and even though the, the other folks came in, the Medes and then the great and Persians, all that stuff, he said, I'm a, I got a guy named Cyrus and he's going to send y'all back over there and he's going to rebuild the city and he's going to rebuild the temple and the wall and all that stuff. That's what's going to happen. The guy wasn't even born for 150 years after he wrote this. 150, the guy's not alive yet. That's a prophecy. In 150 years, he said, I'll have a guy named Cyrus do that. You say, where's that? Go to the book of Ezra to the left. It happened exactly the way the Bible said. Ezra. Ezra chapter 1. Ezra chapter 1. So I can't believe we'd have a president that wouldn't contact Israel. He probably forgot how to use a phone. Ezra chapter 1. <laughs> Ezra chapter 1. <laughs> We're in a mess. Ezra chapter 1 verse 1. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. Jeremiah also told about him. The Lord stirred up the spirit of who? Cyrus. Where did he come from? King of Persia. You say, well, Ezra is before Isaiah. It might be in your Bible, but it happened after Isaiah, 150 years after it. That he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia. You say, where is that? Iran. Persia's Iran. You ever heard of a Persian rug? It's Iran. They were called Persia until 1932. The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me, God charged me, he said, to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. You say, how did he charge him? He, you read it in Isaiah. 150 years before that, God said, I'm a, I got a guy named Cyrus, and he's going to go, and he's going to let my people go up there and do it. And he did it. 
You can't get around the Bible. If the Bible says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. I don't every single time exactly the way the Bible says it's going to happen. I don't care what your political party is. That is immaterial. It's going to happen whether your political party is for it or against it. They have no, um, they have no part in this thing. You say, why? Because the Lord's doing this. He's running this thing. And it's going to happen. I mean, the devil's doing his job and turning people against him, but the Lord knew he was going to do that too. He knows everything. So it's pretty amazing. Um, you got Cyrus. You know what happened in 70 AD? A guy named Titus came in, Roman. He destroyed the city of Jerusalem, burned it again. That temple, the Lord said, you won't see any of these stones. left. burned it to the ground. The whole thing. It was gone. 36 and a half years after Christ died and was buried and resurrected. Bam, it's all gone again. And then all of a sudden this guy shows up, this Trump guy. And really, um, I don't know that he knew what he was doing. It beats me. But I know this much, God knows what he's doing. You say, well, what did he do anyway? You know what he did? On December the 6th, 2017, he formally recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and stated to the American embassy would be moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. That's what he said. You say, why did that have to happen? Because Matthew 24 has to come to pass. It has to happen because it's written in the Bible. You say, well, Trump did, he's not doing anything. It's God doing something here. He can, put it, he can do it through anybody he chooses to do it through. You know, it opened its Jerusalem location. You'll never believe this. On May the 14th, 2018, exactly 70 years. 70 years. And when that happened, I think that might have been a Tuesday or Wednesday. And that Wednesday night, I taught on that. I don't know if y'all remember that. And I said, this is happening right in front of our eyes. Exactly what the Bible said. And so what you're seeing is we're living in the end times in my belief. We're not in the tribulation period. I don't believe we're going through it. That's my opinion. I believe the rapture is going to happen. You say, when? I don't know. Beats me. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't date the rapture. That's not my job. That's God's business. But I'm just telling you, everything that's happening right now is written right here. We're, we're here. We're in the middle of it. You say, well, what about us? Are we going to be able to grow up and those kids? Maybe. I might could be wrong on a lot of stuff. I'm just telling you, I don't know when he's coming. Beats me. It's, that's his business. He takes his time on stuff. I would have thought he came a long time ago. But he didn't, so, I mean, that's not up to me. That's up to him. But, boy, this is getting wild now. Back in the 1990s, the uh, Congress in the United States of America, they voted to put the embassy back into Jerusalem. Bill Clinton wouldn't do it. George W. Bush, Bush ran, politician. He said, when I get elected, he said, I'll move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Liar. He didn't do it. He didn't have the guts to do it. Barack Obama, forget about that. And then <laughs> Trump ran, he hated Israel. When Trump ran, uh, when he ran, he said, I'm moving it. That first year he's in office, he didn't do anything. Everybody said, well, is he going to be like the rest of them? All these people saying they're going to move it. And the next year, everybody, he moved it. That's amazing. But it got moved on God's time. He did it. He actually did what he said he was going to do. That's unheard of. They hate people that do that. A politician is not supposed to do what they say they're going to do. You're supposed to say you're going to do something and do the opposite. That's what makes you a politician. Whoever is the highest bidder, you know. And so anyway, but when you get a guy, I guess, that don't need money, you're going to do whatever. All right. When that happened, you know what happened? 
Dianne Feinstein, Senator, Democrat, California, wrote a letter to the President. The future of Jerusalem is an issue that should, not, that should be decided by Israel and the Palestinians, which there's no such thing as Palestinians, not unilaterally laterally, by the United States. Well, actually, the future of Jerusalem, lady, has already been decided by the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, you're wrong again. And the Bible tells you it's already been decided. Take your Bible and go to Zechariah chapter number 2. To the left of Matthew, it's two books to the left. Zechariah chapter 2. I may have given you some of these the other day. Zechariah chapter 2. Zechariah chapter 2. Here's the end times. Verse 9. Zechariah 2, 9. Say they're all wanting to make it a, a two-person state, a Jewish state and a Palestinian state, and let them both have part of it. God says no. That's God's land. It's holy land, and he gave it to Israel. Zechariah chapter 2, verse 9. For behold, I will shake mine hand upon them. Talking about the nations. And they shall be a spoil to their servants, and you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Saying, and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for lo, I come, and I will dwell in the midst of thee, saith the Lord. wonder where it's going to be. I know where it's going to be. And many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day, and shall be my people, and I will dwell in the midst of thee. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto thee, and the Lord shall inherit Judah, his portion, in the Holy Land. The only time that's mentioned. And shall choose Jerusalem again. He's going to inherit Judah, his portion, the Holy Land. And it's going to be Israel. Be silent, O all flesh, before the Lord, for he, he is raised up out of his holy habitation. He's coming back. He's going to set his throne up in Jerusalem. And there won't be anything Feinstein can do about it. And Bernie Sanders said this after all this. There's a reason why all past U.S. administrations have not made this move and why leaders around the world have warned Trump against it. It would undermine the prospects for an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement and severely, perhaps irreparably, damage our ability to broker it. <laughs> he couldn't broker peace over there if his life depended on it. Our ability. You don't have any ability. You know how long they've been trying to get peace in the Middle East? Bernie, you think you can do it? You couldn't even win president. You can't even get your mittens off. I mean, <laughs> sitting there all the time. I mean, everywhere you look, there he is. Yeah, right. You know what he said, though, in June of 17? He supported a resolution commemorating the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem, which mentions keeping Jerusalem as the undivided capital of Israel. He's a hypocrite. He can't make up his mind. The Bible says an un, um, um, a double-minded man's unstable in all of his ways. He's double-minded. He can't find out, figure out who he's for. Do you know what the good godly uh, Ehan Omar of Minnesota, the congressman that wears a towel on her head, said in March of 2019, she won't call Israel Israel, though the occupation. They're occupying the land. That's not their land. Twice she's been by Republicans and Democrats. They've had to reprimand her in Congress for her anti-Semitic, that's called racist, views and words against Israel. And here she is, and now good 
Trader Joe, he's put her in a position over there in the Middle East where she's over all these things. You're like, what in the world are you doing? Could you imagine getting somebody that was the grand poobah of the KKK and putting him over the relations with African-American people? That's basically the same thing you just did. You're like, what? Are you out of your mind? I don't think he's the guy for the job. You know, I'm just saying. She's not any better. When a person would talk against Israel the way she's talking against Israel, you say, well, I don't believe you ought to talk about people like that. I don't think you ought to talk against Israel. I've got a Bible on my side here tonight. I'm not talking politics. This has nothing to do with politics as far as I'm concerned. I don't care. I'm saying it's unveiling right in front of our eyes is what I'm saying. And that's a wicked woman is what she is. And she has no business in that position. None whatsoever. All right. Um, I'll tell you something else Trump did for Israel. But I'm going to give you some, some negative on him in just a second. Israel won the Golan Heights in the 1967 war. And the United States is the first country to recognize Israel's sovereignty over the territory. And they did it in 2019. Trump said that belongs to Israel. It does belong to them, by the way. You say, who says so? They won the war? No, it's not they won the war. They did win the war. God gave them the land. It has nothing to do with politics. God said it's their land. That's good enough for me. Israel unveiled a new settlement in the Golan Heights called the Trump Heights. We've been to the Golan Heights. When we went in 2017, we went there. We didn't say that. It's named after Donald Trump, and he said that Trump was the greatest friend of Israel. That's amazing to even say that. He hadn't said that about any other president. And so that guy was with Israel. You say, well, he knew what he was doing. I don't know that he knew what he was doing. I don't think you orchestrate and know what you're doing. I think God's setting this up because it's about over. And he pulls the strings. He can put who, in, who he wants in there, and they're going to do what he wants done because this book's got to come to pass. It's got to come to pass. And something else I found interesting is that at the, the last year of Trump's presidency, I saw something I've never seen in my lifetime. It's called the Abraham Accords. Do you all remember that? And those Abraham Accords were uh, peace deals with Israel and Muslims and Arabs. In his last year in office, four Arab states normalized their ties with Israel that they'd never done before. Bahrain, Sudan, Sudan, wow, Morocco, and the United Arab Emirates. Nobody believed that they would do it. And he had a deal with, with them. He made a deal on both sides. One thing, the United Arab Emirates to make a peace deal with Israel. He sold them some F-35s for billions and billions of dollars. And as soon as Biden got in, he stopped it. You say, what did he do? They want peace over there. They, they was getting it. He stopped it. Like, they we're not going to have it. That's craziness. Probably doesn't even know what he's doing, but anyway, that's what happened. Now, he's wanting to reinstate the Iran nuclear deal. And Netanyahu told reporters just the other day he was prepared to stand against the entire world to stop it. They're going to have to. It will happen. And so the, the last people, you don't want Iran with nuclear weapons. The Ayatollah in Iran said that they are going to wipe Israel, which they won't call them Israel, well, they call them the Zionist, because they won't refer to them as a nation. They don't even believe they're a country. They said they're going to wipe the Zionists off the face of the map. I say, go ahead and try. 
I believe Israel will whip Iran. All right. Now, this peace treaty, it never happened before since Israel became a nation. And so it's end times events. And there's another nation, I forget, uh, did I not write that down? There's another nation that was just about to sign on to. And I mean, they had them right there, and they, all they had to do was sign. And when they got in, Biden scrapped that too. He said, nope, we're not doing it. So there's another nation that have peace. I, th I thought we were supposed to be for peace. And all, everybody, you know, I don't understand all that. Anyway, now, who did this deal? Here's the key. Trump didn't do the deal. He has a son-in-law, Jared Kushner. He married Ivanka Trump. Jared Kushner is a full-blooded Jew. He's not a Christian, and neither is Ivanka Trump. They're in Judaism. When Ivanka Trump married Jared Kushner, she joined Judaism as a religion. And I'll just, I don't trust that guy. I trust his father-in-law, but I don't trust him. And I don't know that he knows what he's doing. I think the Lord's doing it. But he mostly brokered the deal. Did you know in, not, in 2016 when Donald Trump was running for president, Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump, they decided to start praying for his election. Well, that would be a good thing. If my daddy was running, I'd pray for him, wouldn't you? But I'd pray to God. They didn't. They went over there in New York City, and they went to a grave. They visited the grave of Menachem Mendel Schneerson, he lived from 1902 to 1994 in New York to pray for a Donald Trump presidential victory. Many Jews believe this guy's the Messiah and he's coming back. That tells you they believe it. They don't know who the Messiah is. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. When we went to Israel, do you remember that, Brother Wayne? They had those pictures of that guy up and they told us, they said, There's, these people over here think he's never even visited Israel. This guy, he was a Jew. They said, they think this is the man. Well, they thought it too. Then uh, Ivanka Trump, in, on October the 22nd, 2020, she visited his tomb again and prayed for her father's re-election. That's crazy. There's pictures of them on the Internet. You look it up and see what I'm telling you. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild what's going on. So I believe we're in the last days. I believe it's all about over. I believe it's going to happen. All these nations got to go against Israel. Look in Zechariah 14. Zechariah 14. Now, this hasn't happened yet, and it's not going to happen now. I believe this happens at the end of the tribulation, just before the second coming. But notice in Zechariah 14, everybody's got to go against Israel. So you got to really, you have an administration in the White House right now that's anti-Israel. That's scary for us. Scary for our country, for a Christian, anybody. See, the thing is, it didn't matter whether it was Republican or Democrat. All my life, everybody was for Israel. Our country's always stood with Israel. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there's been a turn against them. And there's a lot of Republicans turning against them, too. It's not just Democrats, mainly Democrats. All right, Zechariah 14. Zechariah 14, 1. And let me just say the Democrat Party today is not the Democrat Party your parents voted for. They're rolling in their graves. Your parents were not for a man wearing a dress and makeup and playing on a girl's sports team because he wasn't good enough to play on the boys' team. It's just the way it was. But today, that's what they champion. And the Republican Party, they don't have any guts. They're not any good either. All right, Zechariah 14, 1. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. Who's thy spoil? Israel's. Jerusalem. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. 
God says all nations are coming against Jerusalem to battle. There's going to be a war take place. All nations, I'd call them united in their battle. Matter of fact, if I was going to name them, I'd just name them the United Nations. Did you know the United Nations are against Israel more than anybody else? They put more things out against Israel and bills against Israel than any other country. They have. Read about it sometime. We ought to kick them off our soil. They're in Manhattan down there. We ought to get rid of them. You're against Israel. You ought to be against us. That's the way it's supposed to be. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken. It's going to happen. And the house is rifled. They're going to knock their houses down. The women ravished. They're going to rape the women. Oh, we're for women's rights. They won't be then. They're not for them now. They're big fat liars what they are. They're, not, they're the party against women. And half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. They're in trouble. So even though they're going to go against and it looks like they're winning and they're taking Jerusalem and they're saying we're taking Jerusalem back and we're giving them to the Palestinians and we're going to, we're going to tear these houses down and they're ruthless, raping the women. Who would do such a horrible thing? I couldn't imagine anybody doing that. That's what it says. So that's not what it means. Look the word ravished up in any dictionary and tell me it don't mean that. That's it. right beside it say raped. That's mean, man. That's wicked is what that is. Wickedness. And that's how people are right now. It's wickedness that's taking place. And the Lord's going to come back and fight. And he's going to destroy the United Nations and there'll be no more. So any money we give to the United Nations is wasted. It's wasted. All nations. You say, not America. Let all the Christians get raptured out of here and see how. That's the only thing keeping America like it is right now. Me and you. They can't control Christians. They're trying to silence us. They're trying to take you off of social media. They don't want your voice heard. They want to get rid of any books that would promote you. They, don't, they want to get rid of the Bible, any kind of free thinkers. They want to tell you how to think. I don't need somebody in Hollywood telling me how to think. Say, so, well, they're actors. And most of them are lousy actors. You're not even a good actor, Alec Baldwin. You can't even act. Don't tell me how to think. You can't even... You can't, I mean, your wife's a big fat liar. I mean, she's already said she was something she wouldn't. I don't even know what all that mess is. Don't tell me how to think. I'll take a King James Bible to tell me how to think. That's what I'm signing into. Man, we're in a mess, aren't we? Um, I got a verse I want to give you before I quit. I'm about done. So what is it? Beats me. <laughs> what was that verse? I had one more. I was, I'm done. I'm, I really am. I'm done. <sighs> See, this is what happens. I, I only had some notes on a few things. I don't have any notes on any of this. I don't have any notes on it. So I'm just giving it to you for memory. That, and that's not a good idea. <laughs> it's better than Joel's, but it ain't a lot better. <laughs> I will take questions, though, if we need to. <laughs> That's why I had a guy tell me, he, this King James stuff, conferences like I do. I said, what do you, what do, you do when you take questions? You know, do, oh, I don't take questions. I said, why? He said, oh, I make them, write them down and give them to me in advance. I go, why? I know why. He's afraid so, so he won't be able to answer the question. I always just take them. Every time, man. And there's always some crazy person comes in. We had to lock the doors in Kansas, didn't we, brother? Oh, you don't have any idea. It's wild, man. 
every time I do something like that. I don't care what that. You know, I have an answer for every question, and I can answer any question you have in three words. I don't know. And if I don't know, I'll just say so. Whatever happens, somebody just say, I don't know, beats me, you know, because I don't know everything. And, so, and if I don't know, I'll just say, mm. or I might say, well, that's a good question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about something else. I don't have any idea. That's all right. So anyway, it's the way it is. Well, we're going to see what's going to happen right there, and they're going to come against Israel, all nations. That's America and all of them. But I don't believe it'll be, I believe we'll be out of here. I believe we're looking for the Lord to come back. I don't know when it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. But there's no doubt we're, it's a rapidly picking up pace. We're nearly there. Nearly there. Why don't we just serve the Lord and have a good time till he comes? I'm not going to worry about it either. I'm not going to worry about it. So we may get persecuted. Well, what if we do? We're just going to serve God, have a good time, enjoy, enjoy life, enjoy your family, enjoy church. That's what we need to do. Let's go out with a bang. Wish I knew what that other verse was, don't you? All right, let's all stand together. <laughs> But I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'll wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> How did I forget that? Maybe. I don't know. This is like buried deep way back down in there. It's way gone now. Yeah. If I can think of it, we'll get it on our church Facebook page. But don't, don't, yeah, hold, don't hold your breath. <laughs> it's getting worse. All right, anything before we dismiss tonight?